Hello and welcome. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Catholic Journey and coming to you from the studios in the Woodlands, Texas. Well, it's been some time since I uh, recorded a podcast. I'm going to try to get back on track again with the weekly routine, but uh, quite a few things have been happening. I thought I would share with you and um, you might find them interesting or applicable to your life, but um what I've been waiting on, and it's taken a couple of months, is to finally be assigned to a parish. So I'm, I'm delighted to say that uh, the Archbishop has assigned me formally to Saints Simon and Jude Parish in the Woodlands. And I uh, had a start date with them of September 1st. So I'm slowly integrating into the parish life. I met with uh, Father Pat. Um, I joke about that. So I'm Deacon Pat, and he's Father Pat, Father Pat Garrett. And uh, probably for the first time, uh, the parishioners will get my name the first take. (laughs) Sometimes when I introduce myself as Deacon Pat, uh, they later question, are are you Matt? Are you you Dat? Are you... But anyway, I think uh, they'll get it the first time around, which will be great. So, St. Simon and Jude Parish in the Woodlands. It's the original Woodlands Parish uh, that I'm assigned to, and there are two active priests there. And there are five deacons. Um, My understanding is um, two or three of them are active, and the others are retired, but they still do some work as well. It's a large parish, so there's lots to do. I don't think I've ever been at a parish before that had uh, so many um, priests, uh, only two, but but two, and deacons. So it'll be really interesting. On the 20th, I have a meeting set up with uh, the priests and the deacons to get to know them a little bit, to get to know the parish as well. And then next weekend, I'll be at all the masses at the Woodlands, and uh, Father Pat will be introducing me to the parishioners. You know, this time away, though, without having a church that you're assigned to. And I guess let me back up for just a minute. When we came to the area, um, and you know, we've done this a couple of times where we've relocated to different states and we're waiting for an assignment. Um, You don't, you want to go to mass, of course, to to feed your soul and and to comply with uh, the obligations of our faith. Um, But you don't really want to introduce yourself or, or become too attached to anybody because you don't know where the bishop is going to place you. So when we came to Texas, we've been floating around um, three possible parishes, because where we live, there's really three within a close proximity. And I pretty much knew that the, the archbishop would probably place me at one of them. So we've been floating around through the to the different parishes and just kind of wondering as we're there, is this going to be where we're assigned or is this where we're going to be assigned? And, but you don't want to introduce yourself because, um, then you have to share part of the story. And then what if you don't get assigned there? And so we've just kind of been in and out. And, uh, I've really felt it after a couple of months that, uh, we weren't really embedded in a community. Um, not only was I not serving, uh, within my, uh, diaconate role, but we weren't even really, um, you know, fostering that community relationship. And, and after a while, um, it really, I feel like it 
starts working uh, negatively against you. You know, there's so many things that we're drawn to in this world that are that are anti-Catholic or anti-faith, and and the the power of a lot of these things, you know, through the media, uh, through social media, through just newscasts that we have, and even in you know our relationships in the secular world, often they're they're so void of really Christian morals and values that if you don't make a real you know strong effort to engage in that Christian life before you know it you're swallowed up by these things that are anti-Christian um, anti-moral immoral um, and uh, anti-just unjust I guess is what you would say but anyway so I'm really happy that I have a parish um, and now I feel like I can really jump in and get, you know, uh, settled with a new community, build those relationships. And, you know, I'm really excited about a few things. But one of the things is um, they have a program that they're starting up that's called, um, I think it's That Man Is You, This Man Is You. And um, I heard about it years ago and I actually wanted to start that program um, years ago at Our Lady of Mercy in Redding, California. But it was right before we were taking off for our missionary year, and it just didn't, you know, make any sense to do. But uh, here I show up at this parish now, and they announced that next Friday they're starting uh, the program, That Man Is You. And basically what it is, is it's once a week um, where all the men gather together early in the morning before work. So this is going to be Friday morning at 545. Um, all the men of the community uh, gather at the parish, and there's breakfast that's served. And then, um, so start at 5:45. You have breakfast for the first 15 minutes or so. I guess you can continue to eat, but then the program starts at six. And it's these pre-recorded uh, messages done very, very well, very professionally, very Catholic. Um, and with modern themes and, and education. So you get to learn more about your faith. You get learn more about what it means to be a Catholic man. Um, and then you get inspired by uh, some stories as well. And then afterwards, you break up into these small groups and you can kind of discuss uh, what the message is and, and uh, let it resonate a little bit by hearing different men's perspective of what they heard. And then, bam, an hour goes by and you're done and then you're off to work. So, um, and, and that's one of the things of this program. It starts on time and it ends on time. So 7 o'clock, it's done. Bam, you're gone and you go off to work. And gosh, you just fed your soul in such a beautiful way to start that Friday off. And then also you uh, helped deepen those uh, communal relationships at the same time. So that's going to be this Friday starting uh, at our parish. I'm really looking forward to that. And a uh, and couple other things that were really kind of on my mind lately. And it goes back to that theme of 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 you know, the, the strengths of the culture and how they're in opposition to really what it means to be a Catholic, living a true Catholic life. I was listening to this priest uh, who was giving a, a video. I guess it was a video of his homily uh, my wife shared with me. Uh, Father John Halloway, I think is his name. And uh, kind of unusual story, he um, has brain cancer and uh and he became a very quickly a very uh, popular kind of a YouTube 
YouTuber, I guess, and um, by YouTubing videos and messages. And then all of a sudden he had brain cancer and, and uh, he kind of fell off uh, from recording because he's very, very sick. Well, I guess they removed, um, gosh, 80% of the brain cancer, 20% is left. But by the first surgery, and then he was supposed to have chemotherapy and uh and it was supposed to be a curable uh disease well i guess from that first surgery he had a brain infection and with that brain uh, infection that he had it took a couple of months of treatment that uh, postponed the cancer or postponed the chemotherapy and now i guess he received the chemotherapy and the results that they were looking for he did not receive and um but then he just shared his message also of really how fearful the society is that we live in. And again, that's probably from what we're saturated with, uh, with the negativity of the news and social media and just uh, by a culture that is just void of, of God's light and truth for the most part. But he shared about just how fearful everybody is around and, and how he doesn't have that fear. And I think one of the reasons he says he doesn't have that fear that he's just going to put everything in God's hands is because he, during this time of kind of illness and recovery, he removed everything from his life. All of his social media, uh, he removed, stopped watching the news, um, stopped watching TVs and movies. Cause you know, I, sometimes I don't think we give the credit where credit is due. Even negative credit is, Think about the things we watch on TV and the things that we, the movies that we watch and the series that we watch. Are they really helping us to be a holier person or are they actually drawing us away from that holy life and embedding us into more secular life? Um, something to think about anyway. But it, he removed himself from all of that, um, really embraced the sacraments, a lot of t quiet time with God and meditation. And uh, he said he's full of peace. And it's, it helped me think a little bit about, you know, my own life. And, and probably in a small way, I experienced the same thing over the last three months. So I haven't been assigned to a parish for the last three months. So what that means is I've really lost my ability to serve, serve at the masses. Um, I used to teach baptism classes. I used to do baptisms. Um did a variety of different just counseling with people. Anyway, that, that had been gone. Not only is that a service that I provide in my ministry, but it also feeds my soul. When I'm counseling somebody or spending some time with them, or if they're going through a crisis in their life and I'm trying to be present for them, who, who else is present? I mean, God, God is present there. Um, I can't help but be reflecting on, you know, godly things godly values um, godly inspirations and when you're not serving in your ministerial role you lose the opportunity to do that in such a profound way the other thing is is when you're not uh, when I wasn't serving or really participating in a church community you lose those relationships I mean I think sometimes we don't understand by surrounding ourselves with good godly people even even just regular human you know people that make mistakes but are trying to live a good catholic life they're inspiring <laughs> they inspire us not only do they help us realize that we're not alone in our struggles um, especially when you can have good 
you know, intimate relationships, um, you know, close relationships with other men, or if you're a woman with other women, or 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 even even cross gender sometimes, that you can share, you know, usually maybe some private things of your life with someone that you trust, and they can share that back. Um, you can you can really have reinforcement of understanding that no you're not the only one struggling in this life other people are struggling too and uh, you can also be inspired to see how some of your peers um, try to overcome those 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 struggles and you can be a support for each other i think that's what we need in in our communities so saint simon and jude i i don't really know much about them maybe some of you guys do uh, I was reflecting a little bit about, you know, what parishes I've been assigned to. My first parish as a deacon was Our Lady of Mercy. Um, and then after Our Lady of Mercy, we took our sabbatical and we were at St. Luke's, um, which was in Guatemala, San Lucas. Um, and then after San Lucas, we went to Our Lady of the Valley in Idaho. And after Our Lady of the Valley, we returned to Sacramento. And I was at um, St. Anthony's. And then after St. Anthony's, I went back to Marysville, and I was at St. Joseph's. And now, here I am, and I'm at St. Simon and Jude's. So, um, from those other parishes, many of them were Our Lady. We know who Our Lady is. but uh, um, And some of the saints that were more uh, uh, profound or popular, St. Anthony, um, and also, um, obviously, the the foster father of Jesus is St. Joseph, but um, didn't know much about really St. Uh, Simon or St. Jude. I did find something on the internet and was able to do a little bit of research, and what I found was, I thought this was really interesting, is that, uh, you know, there's uh, more than one Judas. I think a lot of us know um, from the time of the uh, disciples and the apostles, that there was Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. And uh, people really uh, have a dislike for him for what he did. But there was another Judas as well. And that was uh, St. Jude that we have. And it's kind of interesting. When people would want things, if there was a sickness or if there was struggle going on, it's very common in the Catholic faith to uh, to pray to these saints to be an intercessor for them, to ask them to help pray with them, attach their prayer with them to Jesus, and um, so it's very common to pray pray to Mary or or you know Saint Anthony or Saint Joseph or someone to help you but one of the last ones that people thought of to pray to was Saint Jude and I think it's because of they did not want to have that uh, confused as if they were praying to Saint Judas Iscariot the one who betrayed Jesus for the uh, pieces of silver well anyway so um, what was often said was that as a last resort they would pray to Saint Jude to help be an intercessor for them. He was known as the uh, the saint to pray to for hopeless causes. <laughs> and then uh, St. Simon was known uh, for his zeal, St. Simon the Zealot. And um, there's a little bit of confusion because there's not much really written about uh, the, the two these two saints. And there was, uh, there was a little confusion 
or there maybe still is, if St. Simon was part of that class of Jews known as the Zealots, or was he just someone full of zeal? And uh, zeal, you know, zeal for the faith is a wonderful thing, as long as it's balanced with some prudence as well. So you just don't come across as just crazy, crazy for, you know, with with un, unrelentless boundaries, <laughs> violations. <laughs> but, um, but being, you know, zealous for something just means you have a great passion and you act upon it. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think we're a little upside in our culture right now. If someone's considered a religious uh, zealot, or um, that has a negative connotation for it. But if you're a zealot for um, these things that are popular in the culture, like for global warming or, or Mother Earth or for you know, the saving of animals, and uh, that's a good thing, which, um, which, gosh, in itself is not a bad thing, but, but to be, you know, as full of zeal, uh, or a zealot for the faith, meaning you, you believe with all your heart in what you believe, and you act upon it, and you live by it, and it's more than just truth to you, it's, it is, it is life itself, um, how can that be a bad thing, <laughs> Well, anyway, thanks for uh, connecting with me today. I'm going to try to get back on track with my weekly podcasts, and and um, I'm real excited to be part of a parish again. And if you get a chance and you're in the area, um, come to St. Simon and Jude Parish in the Woodlands. Uh, we have many Masses um, Saturday evening, many Masses on Sunday, even Sunday night. Um, we have First Friday um, services uh, for Saturday services. We have that man as you, there's lots of things going on. It's a big, active, vibrant parish. And, um, would love to, to see you stop by. If you do stop by and say hi to me, um, you might conf- you might have to ask who the deacon is cause there's many of us. Um, but, uh, I will be there and, uh, starting next week, serving at the Masses. So may God bless you and may God keep you forever. And I hope you have a wonderful day today on Labor Day and that you have a wonderful week as well. God bless you and forever keep you.